Hey guys, welcome back to Recalibrate, a mindset podcast designed to help you break free from the old, press on to the new. It blesses me and honors me every time you connect with me to listen, to learn, and to grow. As you already know, if you are a subscriber to this podcast, I will incorporate theology, spirituality, biology, and psychology to each and every one of these episodes in an effort to help you see a full, holistic transformation in your life. If you're a subscriber, thank you. If you are new to this podcast, I hope that you get more than you expect. Today's episode is a continuation of our last episode, Spiritual Kintsugi. I talked about how I was inspired by a conversation that I had had with a friend of mine. Well, today I have that friend of mine in front of me. I'm going to be uh, talking to her about her insights, uh, her thoughts on spiritual kintsugi and how that, uh, what it meant to her in her own life and what brokenness means to her. All right, so a couple of weeks ago, I put out an episode called Spiritual Kintsugi. As I mentioned, it's based on a conversation that I had with a friend of mine. And I talked about brokenness. Now, you don't want to listen to today's episode unless, of course, you've already listened to Spiritual Kintsugi. So make sure that you go back if you haven't listened to it. Otherwise, today might not make a whole lot of sense to you. And so I just want to just kind of recap on what I had mentioned last time. You know, Spiritual Kintsugi is the art form of taking uh, pottery that has cracks and breaks in it, you know, and and putting it back together in a more beautiful way. And so there is a resin that is taken from a tree and it is used to glue these pieces of clay pots back together again. And so, of course, the episode was called Broken Pots. So just, just picture a broken pot, a broken teapot, or any kind of, um, you know, pot or dish. And so it was a simple, perhaps a simple dish taken after it's fallen and broken, and then putting it back together using resin. And that resin was also, um, was, was colored with, you know, with a gold paint or a lacquer. And so as those pots are put together, uh, the lacquer and the, and the paint highlight the breaks in the pot, highlight the fractures the brokenness in the pot. And, and interesting enough how a, 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 a just completely regular pot, perhaps that has no you know special value because it's just a pot, a teapot or a dish. But after it's been broken and put back together again, it acquires a whole different value. Uh, it, its value is increased and its beauty is magnified because the, the gold lines uh, that put it back together, those gold lines that highlight the fractures, beautify it. And so I don't know if you've ever seen you know, a, a Kintsugi pottery, but it's, it's quite, quite beautiful quite beautiful. And uh, I've been thinking about getting one myself and having it in my office simply to remind myself that God can take the broken pieces, in other words, our broken lives, and put us back together again. And not, not just put us back together again, but put us back together in a better way, highlighting our worth, our value, and our inner beauty. You know, I mentioned, uh, you know, that years ago, back in 2001, I was I came to a point of brokenness in my own life and and I was at a church in 2001 
And uh, after listening to a pastor, I I fell to my knees. I was broken. I was I was in a state of rebellion. I I was upset at God. You know, I had a wife that was dying. We were in the back of a church. She was in a wheelchair. I didn't want to be there. And the preacher preached the message that just knocked me off of my feet. I'll never forget. And I don't want to get into this, you know, way too much. You can listen to my TED talk. But what I want to share is that, uh, you know, after nine years of chemotherapy and radiation, and after having uh, received a sentence of death, basically, you know, she was given only a few months to live, we moved to the States and uh, seeking, um, you know, perhaps medicine or treatment that would uh, prolong her years. And we were, we were met with uh, negativity. Everyone, all the doctors, all the oncologists and hematologists simply said, well, she's only got about four months to live. And so there we were, our last hope at a church in the back. And I was standing. She was sitting in that wheelchair. Everyone else was sitting in the congregation. I stood there not wanting to sit down. I was protesting. Yes, protesting. I don't know what I was protesting against, but I was protesting. I was upset. And I looked at her and I said, if this is what I think it's like, if this is the type of church that I've seen on TV that I dislike with those preachers that, you know, holler, you know, scripture, we're out of here. And I'll never forget that the preacher that went up on the stage was exactly what I dreaded, was exactly what I did not want to see. And there he was speaking in, I don't know, some kind of King James version. <laughs> and he, he said, uh, God wants you to know that he's in the house today. And I thought to myself, seriously, man, <laughs> God's in the house. This is a church. Who else is going to be in the house? And then he went on to say, he says, but God, God's healing is in this place. And he pointed his finger back to where we were we were where I was standing and she was seated and she said to me, he's talking, he's talking to me. I said, no, no. He sees that you're in a wheelchair. Of course, of course he's talking to you. He wants to impress everyone. But then he said something that brought me to my knees. He said, the doctors have given you a few months to live, but God wants you to know that he has many more years in store for you. And that's when I fell to my knees and I cried and cried and cried all the way through the end of the service. So that was my time of being broken. I was that pot that broke September 2001. And so Maria, welcome to today's podcast. I know that uh, Maria knows me very well. Maria Bridwell, she knows me that I can go on and on and on. I'm kind of long-winded at times. I, 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 yeah, I, I told you guys last time that I'm a storyteller. And so uh, as a storyteller, I love to tell stories. Of course, kids love that. Uh, my son, my 29-year-old, David, if you're listening, yeah, he's probably going, yeah, my dad's a storyteller for sure. And sometimes he gets, <laughs> I think he gets tired of my stories. Uh, of course, my youngest, Daniel, he's still very impressed by my stories, very impressed. Although sometimes he will call me out and say, no, dad, that's scientifically, or he'll say something like, technically, that's impossible. <laughs> so, so that's my... Uh, Kind of my story in a nutshell, if you want to listen to the whole thing, you know, go to my TED Talk. It's, it's called You Are What You Think. And, uh, but Maria, welcome to today's episode, and thank you for inspiring me a few weeks ago to, uh, you know, to, to record Spiritual Kintsugi and share it with, with everyone. Yes, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, I have to say I am an avid listener. 
I listen to the podcast anytime you put out a new episode, and I didn't realize that our conversation about Kintsugi was going to make it to an episode, so... Yeah, you you really never know when you're going to end up part of an episode. So those of you who have had conversations with me, be careful. (laughs) No, not really. Like if you've been in a counseling session with me or in a coaching session, please understand that that is completely private. You know, you are protected. Your conversation won't end up in a book or on a podcast. (laughs) Although Maria and I, you know, we were just having a regular nonchalant uh, conversation and therefore here we are today. So Maria, let me ask you a question since we were talking about spiritual Kintsugi. Actually, I added the spiritual part to it. I think uh, you were talking to me about Kintsugi. Tell me, how did you come across uh, you know, this, this idea of how our lives, our broken lives, resemble a Kintsugi uh, uh, pot? So I came across this concept through Dr. Caroline Leaf, and I believe you have mentioned her on the podcast a few times. And she's a neuroscientist, and she developed this concept called the neurocycle. And basically what it is, is that you attack a toxic thinking, you know, one thought at a time. And so I was going through some things, some different issues in my life, and I really needed something to encourage me and to help me with my toxic thinking. And so I found her app. It's called the Switch app. And that app has different tools and strategies that help a person, you know, capture their thinking and then renew it so that you can have a positive and renewed thinking for that one toxic thought that you have been thinking about. I know that sounds really confusing, but that's kind of what it is. It's not. Well, it, it, it may seem confusing, but it's quite simple. Mm-hmm. It's a simple strategy to follow. You know, I, yeah, you mentioned Caroline Leaf. I love Dr. Leaf. Actually, we've been uh, to a conference. Uh, both Marie and I have attended Dr. Caroline Leaf's conference. One of her books, I guess the book that really has resonated the most in my life, one of her books is uh, Switch on Your Brain, I think yes. is one of your one of your favorite books too. Mm-hmm. And switch on your brain because uh, not only does she, uh, you know, address, uh, you know, neuroscience and psychology, but also she brings in theology, mm-hmm. which makes it um, even more powerful, I believe, you know, mm-hmm. when you bring in scripture. And you were talking about toxic thoughts, you know, you're talking about identifying them or being able to mm-hmm. to pinpoint when you're having a toxic thought. And I think she was the one who capitalized on that uh, term, that neuroplasticity as, mm-hmm. as, as educators. So just, just so that you know, uh, those of you who are listening who are not familiar with Maria Bridwell, she's been on another episode with me. She is uh, an administrator at a school at Covenant Christian Academy. She is principal for elementary and middle school, but not only that, that she's right now uh, soon to start her dissertation in her uh, doctorate in educational leadership. And so uh, she and I have uh, spoken at conferences together, so highly respect her. Uh, her, she's she's a she's a smart a smart individual, and uh, you know she's uh, I oftentimes say she's tiny, but she's packed with uh, <laughs> she's packed with a lot of power, and uh, and so we've read this book and it's really impacted our life. So okay, so you you were you were going through the app the the mm-hmm. switched what is it again called? It's called the Switch app. So it's a it's an app that goes through 21 days of attacking this one toxic th- 
thought. And so she provides a lot of, you know, tools and strategies and things like that. And there was one of the days, and I can't remember which day it was, to where she talks about this kintsugi, kintsugi pottery. And I didn't even know what it was, how it was spelled. I thought it was kintsugi, like K-I-N-S-O-G-E. I was really confused by it. But she started talking about it um, and how this concept is something that, you know, we can embrace in our lives and it can be part of our story. And so I started to think about that and how that relates to myself. And I think for me, what really spoke to me about that is this concept that my flaws and my feelings of inadequacies and all of those things, I think I have not wanted to embrace them, you know, for a long time. It's one of those to where I just kind of want to get over it. Like I'm thinking about these thoughts and, you know, just get over it. That's not you. Just keep going. And what she mentions in that um, strategy in that day where she was talking about this, she said, you have to learn to embrace it. You have to learn that all of your flaws, that all of the mistakes and all of the issues and situations that you have faced is part of your story. And once you become aware of it and once you embrace it, then you can renew it and you can experience, you know, grace, not just for yourself, but, you know, for the situations that you were facing. That's really powerful. And it just, uh, you know, when you said, use the word embrace several times, mm-hmm. embracing is, is, is taking ownership, you know, and, uh, you know, Kintsugi, as I was reading about uh, where it all started, Kintsugi is inspired by two different uh, uh, schools of thought. And one of them is, uh, you know, what you were mentioning is, is embracing flaws, embracing the brokenness in our lives. So that's number one. It's not seeing it as a negative, but seeing it as an opportunity uh, for greater things. So embracing flaws. And the other one is embracing change. Mm-hmm. Because Kintsugi, uh, if you think about the pot, you know, the broken pot, number one, you embrace the brokenness and you embrace the change because once it's put back together, it's not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. And it it usually, you know, in, in most cases, you know, it's going to add value to that piece of, 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 you know, that clay pot or whatever it is. So the same thing, wouldn't you say it's the same way in our own lives mm-hmm. that uh, once, and, and, and let's just, let's, let's bring in, you know, a little bit of uh, some, some theology here, some spirituality. The Bible says that God, he says that he heals the brokenhearted, you know, he binds the wounds and he heals the brokenhearted. So how does that, how does that relate to your own life? When you think about scripture, is there a scripture that speaks to you uh, about brokenness? There's really a couple of different ways that we can relate this to, you know, our spiritual lives. One is your story of redemption. You know, you, you spoke about your testimony earlier, and that has to be, if you're a Christian, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, your story of redemption starts there. And so for me, thinking back of, you know, my testimony of how I got saved, I was in high school and, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, so I heard about the Lord and I heard about how to get saved. And so all of that was in my mind, but I never really accepted that in my heart. It was... I was very stubborn, I guess you could say. Um, I went through a phase of being rebellious, and I I knew that I just I didn't want to do that. I wanted to hold on to my sin. I wanted to keep living in a way that wasn't right because to me that felt good. But at some point, God broke me, 
And there were situations the summer of my ninth grade year to where I was on my knees because I just couldn't live the way that I was living anymore. I was unhappy. I was so depressed. I guess I had situational depression and I didn't even realize it. But I... I was brought down to my knees. You know, the Lord brought me to my knees. And at that point, I accepted him as my Lord and Savior because I just needed that grace, you know, in in my life. I needed his grace. I needed his strength. And I needed his redemptive power. And so um, the summer of my ninth grade year, I accepted him as my Lord and my Savior. And I can say that my life has never been the same. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean that when you become a Christian that your life is easy, you know, along the way or perfect. There is the sanctification process as well that he brings you to as well. And all these situations in your life, you know, he uses it as a testimony of his grace. I like that. I like that a whole lot. You know, when you said uh, use the word sanctification, uh, that's a big word and, uh, and it's not an easy process. I believe that, you know, sanctification is a daily thing. You know, it's not, it's not just something that happens. It's not a one event uh, situation. It's, it's, a, it's a progressive uh, process that we go through in life. And when you, when, you, when you think about, or when I think about sanctification, I think about fire. And uh, and since we're talking about clay pots, you know, we're talking about broken pots and brokenness and kintsugi and all this. Uh, you know, what what comes to mind is how God is in the Bible. He is called the Potter, and He puts us uh, on the Potter's wheel, and we are the clay. You know, and we are earthen vessels. And and I believe that uh, somewhere in Isaiah it talks about that. And uh, and a Potter, a Potter who takes a clay out of the uh, the, the furnace or the oven and 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 sees that the the clay pot is not perfect that it perhaps has uh, you know some cracks in it well a vessel with cracks won't hold water and so they break the vessel they break it they pulverize it and they rebuild it they put it back on the potter's wheel and they put it back in the oven again and again and again until it increases in its resilience and it becomes even more beautiful. And so I believe that, as you said, you know, God, you know, allowed you to go through a state of brokenness. There are people, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but there are people that put themselves into situations where they're broken because let's just be honest, everyone is one decision away from stupid. <laughs> Everyone is one decision away from stupid. So there are people out there that will put themselves in stupid situations. Please excuse my my French, but uh, they put themselves in situations where they end up broken, you know, whether they end up broke financially or broke spiritually or or broke uh, physically, but they end up broken because they've made some bad choices in life. And there are other situations in which God allows us to go through certain situations, kind of like Job in the Bible, right? That Job, even toward the end, uh, you know, continued to glorify God and praise Him, and God gave him back twice as much as he had lost because he remained faithful. And so, I believe that God allows us to go through some situations in life that we're broken. So, for you, it was back in in, in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. It was back then when when you went through that moment and you accepted Christ. But but you said it. You said that didn't make you perfect. No. <laughs> that didn't make that didn't mean you know it gave you a new heart. Mm-hmm. But the mind, mm-hmm. but the mind remained the same. Mm-hmm. So, Kintsugi, and as you were reading, you know, those 21 days of, of transformation, mm-hmm. 
please tell us, does it only take 21 days to reboot the whole system? Oh, man. No. The answer is no. It takes, they say that it takes about 63 days for it to form a habit, correct? That's 63 days. And so you go through the same cycle for about 63 63 days. But then again, you also have to understand as well that, you know, the process of healing your mind is not linear. You know, it's not one of those to where once you go through the process, you're done with it and that's it. You're healed. You can go about your merry way. You know, it's it's more of a roller coaster to where you go through some really highs and some some days to where you feel that you have conquered this thing and you're doing the right things. You're in the word of God. You feel God's grace in your life, but then you can just as easily go back down as well and you feel like you're back in the bottom struggling and and not really knowing how to overcome this situations or your your thought patterns. And so no, it's not linear and it takes it takes a while to be able to process. But I think what's important to know is that yes, you may have these situations, but what's important is that you learn how to go through this process of changing your toxic thinking and renewing your mind. And you know, the Bible talks about it to where it says to take your thoughts captive. And and really what that is 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 really is to take your thoughts captive to where you you in a sense you grab Grab it, and you you throw it away somewhere or something. But then, not just that, because you can just throw it away. But then, and then what? You have to renew your mind with something, some sort of encouragement that can help you get through the day. And so, for me, it's really remembering, you know, the worth that I that I have in Christ. Um, when you start to feel your imperfections and and your mistakes, and you and you think about it over and over and over again, I. I tend to become so discouraged and, you know, I'm down on myself. I'm very hard on myself. And so when I think about who I am in Christ and my worth in Christ, that I am loved, that I am chosen, that I am beloved, that I am redeemed, that I am justified, and you go through that and renew my mind with those thoughts, it really helps position yourself to where you can think of the grace of God and the strength that He has in your life. And that's where that gold in the Kintsugi principle comes in to where he mends your life with his grace. He mends your life with, you know, the truth of his word, knowing who you are in him and that brokenness that you have, that once broken person that you are mending or mended with his grace becomes more beautiful than, you know, the original pottery. And so that to me has meant a lot, you know, whenever I feel discouraged or inadequate, I, I think about that and I think about God's work in my life and realize that he is he is our um, he is the master potter and we are his masterpiece and thinking about that really encourages me that's uh I hope you guys you guys listened and uh, if if you didn't I, I would encourage you to rewind go back go back go back and listen to that all over again and make that part of your your day to day, you know, identifying what those thoughts are and replacing them. You know, Maria used that scripture that says that we are to take our thoughts captive. It goes on to say that we are to take our thoughts captive to Christ. To me, what that looks like is almost like thinking, taking all of my thoughts and running them through a filter. And that filter is the Word of God. And so as I run them through the filter, if they make sense according to Scripture, 
then I hold on to the thought. If it has, if it makes no sense at all, and then I throw it away. Just as you mentioned, just plain and simple, you know, toss it out. And 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 as you mentioned, you know, you said uh, replace it with another thought. You know, Paul the apostle talked about uh, the things that we should think about. You know, because a lot of people oftentimes ask, they so they'll they'll ask and say, Hey, Milton. So, what exactly am I supposed to think about? You know, and, and, and this is, you know, conversation with other believers. Uh, if, if they're not believers, it's hard for them to understand this concept. But Paul said, to, he said this, he said, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, whatever's worthy of praise, think about those things. And so, that's kind of like my rule of thumb. You know, if, if it falls into any one of those categories, then I'll give it some thought. I'll give it some thought. But if it doesn't fall into those categories, then I will toss it into the trash. You know, it's kind of like that, uh, the delete button on your computer or the, uh, the little trash icon, you know, when you're, when you're uh, getting rid of those pictures that you don't want on your phone anymore, you know, or getting rid of files. It's that little trash icon. You just click on it and you, you accept and goodbye. <laughs> it's that, it's, it, I mean, it's, I know it sounds simple, but it's not, you know, because you always have to have something to replace it with. So it, you really want to make sure that your thoughts are aligned with scripture, you know, um, and also understanding as well that sometimes when you pray to the Lord and you ask him to to get rid of certain things, certain situations, maybe that you're experiencing, sometimes he allows you to go through certain things because he wants you to be more like Christ. And I think about that example that Paul had to where he prayed for the thorn in his flesh to be taken away and, and God responds with my grace is sufficient for you, you know, so that he, we can glory in our infirmities so that the power of Christ may rest upon us. And so ultimately the goal is to become more like Christ. And so he allows us to go through certain situations and, and then maybe that's for some of you. And I know for me, it's definitely been a battle of my mind to where I continually think about all these negative thoughts about myself and about situations, but I always feel the grace of God you know, each time that he encourages me or through his word or through Bible reading verses, through people, even people have encouraged me along the way as well. I know that the ultimate goal is for me to become more like him. And, and then we have to also accept that and, and understand that his grace includes that being more Christ-like. I, you know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, that part of scripture because I referred to that yes. you know in the first in that episode about uh, spiritual kintsugi, you know where he says my grace is sufficient because when you are weak my strength is made perfect in you, and isn't that the truth? You know, when we stop trying to figure things out on our own, when we stop fighting the battle in our own limited strength, and we turn it over to God. That's when his strength is made perfect in us and through us. And it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of, uh, a lot of intentionality, discipline, and consistency uh, to make it happen, to simply say, okay, God, I'm going to let go and let you take over. Not because I've tried everything and nothing's worked. No, from the very beginning, from the get-go, is to say, okay, this, is, this battle isn't mine. You know, his, his word says, uh, mine is the battle. I will repay. Vengeance is mine, he says, you know. And so we don't fight it. So I love I love everything that you've you've had to say about, you know, brokenness and 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 toxic thoughts and you know, the mind can be the, the beauty of the mind is it can it can be transformed. 
And, and I love what it says because Paul says, you know, and I always refer to Paul because he wrote three quarters of the Bible of the New Testament. Um, I like what he says in Romans, and I quote this a lot, you know, he says, don't conform to the ways of the world. Don't be like the world. Don't, don't, don't fall into that you know, that pattern, those ruts. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he goes on to say, so that, conditional statement, so that you may test and approve God's perfect, pleasing, and good will for your life. A lot of people want to know God's will, but they're so stuck in old frames of mind, old mindsets, you know, uh, or, or negative stinking thinking that they really can't experience God's God's will for their lives. And so, Catching the thought, almost like throwing a net out there like a fisherman and catching all those negative thoughts, taking them, taking them captive to Christ, running them through the filter, discarding those that are not uh, in alignment, as you know, Maria said, uh, not in alignment with Scripture, and then replacing them with what is in alignment with Scripture. Uh, you know, do you, do you, Maria? Do you get up in the morning and and and, and, and you know maybe have some kind of a? I'm not going to say a mantra or a um, or or a declaration or an affirmation. Which, by the way, I always say this. You know, a lot of people get in front of the mirror and say, "You're beautiful. You're precious. You're awesome. You're amazing," and all this stuff. That's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Okay, I just I just want to say for those of you who do this, that's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It really doesn't work. Look, affirmation and declaration without action is the beginning of insanity. It's insane. And so there's no substance to it, but but there is there is substance to when you declare and affirm and then do. So do you do you practice anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, journaling has actually been very helpful for me. And one of the things that I journal about is things that I am grateful for. And when you get to a point to where you are thankful and you're grateful, it really helps your mind to become more empathetic and compassionate towards other people. But not only that, you really get to see the blessings that you have in your life. And so when you're going through a difficult situation, at least for myself, I know that when I get to that point to where I am thankful and grateful, I really get to see the little things that the Lord has given me. And it helps me to gain perspective of, you know, the world, but it also helps me to gain perspective of what he's doing in my life. So I know there's a lot of different things that people do. I know people also have affirmations such as looking through scripture as to who they are in Christ. And I have done that as well. I used to have a list and I have no idea where that list went to. I really want to find it because it was really good. You know, it talks about being loved, being chosen, being redeemed. And that also is very encouraging. But if you want to start somewhere, start with being grateful, being thankful for what the Lord has blessed you and has given you. Yeah, I really like that. Um, you know, I, I believe that the first 45 minutes of your day, uh, they, they're the most crucial uh, minutes of your day. You know, they, they just set the tone for the rest of the day. And so waking up in the morning, you know, a lot of people call it mindfulness. I just call it gratitude, you know, giving God thanks. <laughs> Forget the mindfulness. That's just a fancy term, uh, you know. And and I just want to say, get up in the morning and instead of starting the day off with uh, your list of complaints to God, you know, start with a list of uh of gratitude and simply say, okay, today I'm going to make it a point to 
to say thanks for, you know, tell God that I'm thankful for 10 things, you know, and just, it could be eight, could be 12, could do 20, but simply wake up with that, with that mindset and with that heart set and then get into scripture, read a devotional, you know, do some exercise, you know, drink some water, you know, do, do certain things in the first 45 minutes of your day that are going to set the tone for the rest of the day. If you wake up in the morning with a lousy mindset, that's going to set the tone for the rest of the day. Now, listen, also, you know, not, not only the mindset, but also align your body with the mindset. What does that mean, Milton? What do you mean align your body? Well, walk straight for goodness sake, you know, uh, have have the appropriate posture. Something happens, you know. I shared this the other day with our with our staff on a on a Zoom call. I said, you know, sometimes uh, all you need to do is smile. That's all you need to do is smile. And some people will say, well, I just don't have it in me, Milton, to smile. You know, if you knew my life, you know, you wouldn't smile. And I, you know, I, I went through hell and high waters and I smiled the whole time because I knew how that was going to also determine how I was going to feel. And so listen, you right now that are listening, if you're probably thinking, well, Milton, if you only knew my, my situation, my lot in life has been terrible. I can't smile. Well, then take a pencil and put it in your mouth. Yes, take a pencil, bite on the pencil. No, don't stick the point into your mouth, but <laughs> bite the pencil, what is it, horizontally. Bite the pencil horizontally. And what that does is that's going to activate certain muscles in your face, certain facial features or facial muscles. Your brain's going to think that you're smiling and therefore it's going to set off the dopamine and the dopamine's going to make you feel good. And, and, and you, all you did was bite on a pencil. <laughs> and so do that while you're thinking about these, you know, these, these thoughts, the scripture that says, you know, that I'm redeemed, you know, I'm, 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 I'm set free. I'm chosen. I'm, I'm his, I'm his creation. I'm God's possession. You know, I'm his masterpiece, peace, all of those things, you know, those are some of the things, but align your body with your words. Otherwise, that's kind of like a, wouldn't you say like a cognitive dissonance? A cognitive dissonance is a, it, it's a discrepancy. It's a discrepancy between what you're saying and what is really happening. And it causes, literally causes trauma to the brain. It messes you up. And so, so yeah, if you're going to, you know, have a declaration and a morning affirmation, make sure that your body lines up with it as well. I know that Maria goes on, um, goes on, on, on these, these long runs every, every other day, you know, every weekend she, she goes out, well, tell us what you do for your body to help you because, you know, there's the, there's the mental part, but then there's a physical part. What do you do physically to help you de-stress and to help you uh, recalibrate your mind? So you mentioned already running, running, actually really helps a lot. It's We always joke around and we say it's our form of therapy <laughs> because it really is. It's a form of therapy. And so I do run throughout the week, but then I do my long runs on Saturdays. And right now, you know, we're training for a race. And so that kind of helps me on a, be put on a schedule, I guess. And so running is good, but also uh, taking some supplements, you know, vitamins are also very important as well. Um, so anything like that to help you with your body and and a lot of it starts with the mind because once you once you really take care of the mind, like everything kind of focuses, you know, everything kind of aligns together. And so, um, mind, then body, then what is it, spirit, and and all of that, they all go together. And so, take care of yourself as well. Um, eat eat the right foods too. I mean, that's really important too. I found that out because right now I am trying to 
to really think about what I eat and, and making sure that it's healthy um, so that I don't fall into health issues or anything like that. And so that also helps as well. That's really good. And yes, we are training for a half marathon. Uh, when is it? December, I believe. Yeah, December, uh, the Chick-fil-A half marathon. So shout out to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and, and I also want, you know, you mentioned eating right. You know, I think we've been uh, even more intentional uh, lately about eating right. You know, we we, uh, we work at the same place. So uh, I see what she eats. She sees what I eat. And so we're being a little more intentional about what we eat. Obviously, as we are in training mode, it is a little special shout out to Fit Grill uh, over in McAllen. I know that some of you are listening all the way in Europe, or you know, perhaps in uh, some place in in in, uh, in Central or South America. I know we have some listeners over there. A lot of listeners in Texas, in the great state of Texas. But special shout out to Fit Grill in McAllen. That uh, every once in a while they send some delicious food our way. Now this is not a paid commercial, by the way. We're not sponsored, but, you know, our friends over Fit Grill do feed us uh, well every once in a while, so we're grateful for them. So, shout out to them. <laughs> and, uh, Maria, I just want to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, I think that you've given us a lot of really good, uh, a lot of really good, solid gold nuggets, you know, that we can take and we can uh, apply to our lives. I think this won't be the last time that we talk about this. This is such an important topic. It is something that everyone is struggling with. I've seen in my practice a lot of anxiety. A lot of depression, a lot of toxic thoughts, and uh, and it's basically teaching people how to rewire their minds and uh, and and understanding number one that the mind can be rewired. You know it, that's that's one of the big benefits of how God wired us. You know that um, there is that neuroplasticity. The neuroplasticity is the brain superpower to reorganize itself, and so God made us that way. God made us that way. He confirms it through Scripture, and so whatever you're suffering from today, you know whether it is mind set, you know, heart set. Maria mentioned a while ago, everything starts in the mind. Keep in mind that the, uh, the the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart because from it flows life. And the way to guard your heart is guarding the, uh, the, the doorway to the heart, the gate, the gate to the heart, the gateway to the heart is the mind. And so it starts in the mind, then drops into the heart. And then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we've got to guard the mind. And uh, and it's not an easy thing to do. However, it's not impossible. And you can rewire the mind and you can set your life onto a different, completely different course. And so this won't be the last time we talk about this. I'm sure that Maria will be back on soon. And I want to thank her. I don't know if she has, you know, Maria, do you have any closing remarks, anything that you would like to encourage uh, the listeners today with? Sure. It's just going back to, you know, what we talked about, which was Kintsugi, and that's becoming aware and embracing the imperfections that you feel you may have, but knowing that those imperfections can be mended so beautifully by God through His grace, through His love. And so just to really trust Him, but also just to rely on the fact that you are made beautiful by Him, you're made wonderfully by Him, and to encourage yourself through His Word on a daily basis, because without His Word, we can be so completely lost. And so trusting Him completely, trusting in His Word completely, and knowing and understanding that He has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of you. What a beautiful word and what a great reminder that God has a plan for each and every one of us, regardless of our brokenness or in spite of it, He can still work in us and through us. You were made 
with a purpose in mind. Wow. Thank you once again, Maria, for being on the show. Uh, I know, as I mentioned, it's not going to be the last time. (laughs) I'm going to have you back on again very soon. Thank you so much. May God continue to do great and mighty things in you and through you. I appreciate you connecting today to listen, to learn, and to grow. I hope you did grow. I hope that this episode added value to your life as it added value to mine. I enjoyed interviewing Maria Bridwell. It was a joy. I have a lot of takeaways from our conversation, from her testimony. Boy, a lot that you can take and apply to your own life. If you want to hear more about her work, if you want to follow her podcast, don't hesitate. Go and find her. Her podcast is the Maria Bridwell Educators Podcast, especially if you're an educator or an aspiring one. You want to connect to her podcast. She's got a lot of good stuff to say. So once again, thank you so much for connecting. Would you take a few minutes of your time to rate this podcast with a five-star rating? Of course. (laughs) And would you also leave us some feedback? Drop us a comment. Let us know how much you love, love, love this, uh, this podcast. It'll make my day and it will continue to fuel my passion for more. God bless you guys. As always, I love you in Christ. (laughs) Goodbye.